Have you ever wondered how you could join the Brew News crew? Well, swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod and you can join us. We have three different tiers for all of our patrons. At the logger level, you earn early access to all of our podcast episodes. At the IPA level, you get early access to our podcast episodes, but you get special weekly beer tastings that are done by various members of the crew. And you get special video presentations, including our Beer Miss Special. At the stout level, you get everything you get at the IPA level, but you also get to appear on one episode of the Brew News Pod, and when we have some swag, we'll send some your way. So feel free to swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod. That again is patreon.com slash brewnewspod, and join the crew. Welcome to the Brew News Podcast, all the news that's fit to be brewed. I'm Andrew Jennings. And I'm Travis Matherly. Join us as we go a little bit deeper behind the breweries of your favorite beers and learn about new breweries from around the world. We will be exploring the history and beers of craft brewers and hope to showcase the amazing talent and variety found within the craft beer community, both in the U.S. and abroad. In this episode, we will focus on Brewprint Brewing. So Andrew, what was your first experience with Brewprint? I don't remember. I know I've had it for a few years now. Um, usually we get it in the fall. I really enjoyed their um, Eden Brew, their Scotch Ale. Uh, it's the one I used to use whenever my family wanted me to host a beer tasting. I'd use it as a good example of a Scotch Ale. Um, it's quite tasty. And then, of course, their uh, Pumpkin uh, Scotch Ale that they have in the fall is fantastic, in my opinion. For the basics. Well, yes. <laughs> it's a Scotch <laughs> Ale that's a, got pumpkin in it. And it's a Scotty. On a Scotch Ale can. It's adorable. (laughs) Yeah, Travis, what about you? Uh, Honestly, uh, going through my untapped, I've only ever checked in one brew print beer, and that is the Pumpkin Spice Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Who's basic now? Yeah, well, I think I actually got it from you last Halloween while we were helping you guys pass out candy. So (laughs) I blame you for that one. Uh, Other than that, no, I mean, I see it all the time. I've just never really picked it up. So this is going to be an interesting thing for me to really get a good feel for this brewery and it's a fairly close by down Mm -hmm. in apex north carolina which is only like what an hour yeah about an hour and 15 hours some change it's a it's interesting because they've done a great job with distribution in our area i mean i've been seeing blueprint cans for years and i've bought a couple i've had i think the scarlet the amber ale um it's like Scarlet Brew or something like that. Uh, I've had a few others from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really gotten into all their you know, other things. Some of their seasonals are good, though. I've enjoyed. Yeah, I'm, I'm really getting uh, excited for the tasting portion of the show just to find out more about this brewery. Awesome. Well, let's learn a little bit more about Brewprint. Okay, so Brewprint Brewing. It was founded in 2013 in Apex, North Carolina. That's a small suburb outside of Raleigh. And it was founded by Eric Wagner. He is the founder and head brewer. Uh, This was the first brewery in Apex. Um, Raleigh has since seen a boom in uh, craft brewing industry. Yeah, there's a lot of little towns around Raleigh that Mm -hmm. seem to all have at least one or two breweries in them now. Mm -hmm. Um, For anybody not familiar, Raleigh's capital of north carolina so a lot of stuff going on around there universities galore research triangle park all of that so it's a good spot for all of these breweries to grow in these communities that have grown as research triangle park and the city have grown with it so there's quite a demand for this craft beer community down there yep and we were lucky enough to actually get to speak to eric so um with Without further ado, I guess we'll play the interview for you guys. Yeah, let's go ahead and cue up our interview with Eric Wagner of Brewprint Brewing. All right, so uh, today we have a special guest. We have Eric Wagner, the brewmaster and founder of Brewprint Brewing. How are you doing, Eric? Doing very well. Thank you, Andrew and Travis, for having me on. No problem. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. All right, well, I guess before we started recording, we were talking about some of the beers you guys have, and uh, you mentioned the Zambruni. Uh, and that's one of the brews we have in our tasting tonight. So uh, we found it to be quite a good beer. Yeah, it was a good tailgate beer. We, the Zamboni, of course, being both of us having spent time in Raleigh for college, uh, Hurricanes games and yeah. uh, that kind of thing, and tailgating NC State football games. You, you, you kind of hit that on the nail, hit the nail on the head there with what we were going for uh, with some of our beers. We do have a sports kind of theme series where all four majors are covered with a beer. And the, the, the idea behind that is growing up kind of in the, in the Northeast and still playing hockey myself at, 
at this uh, young age, um, having a beer that kind of takes you back to, you talk about a tailgate experience, but that, that's some of the designs of our beers, is to take you back to an experience that you had and help you kind of enjoy and relate to that part of your life while you're enjoying a beer now. So that, that's kind of hit the nail on the head there with the design we're going for. Perfect. And that beer, that beer in particular is uh, kind of German-American mutt, the, the American lager, which is fairly rare for craft uh, breweries these days. And it's got some, uh, some some German hops in there, too, to kind of make it the mutt that we talked about. Well, yeah, perfect. That, you you <laughs> answered perfectly one of our first questions that we had yet to ask you, so, so. thank you for that. You walked right. right into it for us. <laughs> All right, you guys have to come up with some more questions then. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> so um, I guess let's go back to the beginnings of Brewprint. Um, so I, I was reading online that it said that you're originally a um, hydraulics engineer or a water engineer, is that Water correct? treatment engineer. Water treatment engineer. Was, yeah. Water treatment, most of my career was a uh, process engineer for water treatment, wastewater treatment, and stormwater treatment kind of up and down the, the East Coast. And I guess a little bit international as well. But that's kind of where the relationship kind of transitioned for me. Um, I had a pretty creative career and the, the, the creative uh, flow kind of got squashed a little bit there by some corporate you know, companies here just saying, yeah, you can't do that. And that's not my whole career doing that. <laughs> so in the meantime with that going on, um, I always did a lot of cooking at home, and somebody actually got me a, a beer kit. I just started playing around with it and made a kit beer once, and I think I was going all green by the third beer. So I just got totally into it. And I would kind of do that to get away from the, the, the corporate struggles that I was having there. And so design most of the beers we have out now. Um, our current brewmaster picks up from there. We're kind of through on the same page. He's been our brewmaster since day one as well. Uh, his name is Brad Fogelman, by the way, that's on Twitter. And so basically just carry through into that creativity where I was doing that to kind of escape that corporate world. And I envisioned kind of opening the company with the name Blueprint, being that I would do like a QATC uh, review company while I was brewing. And it just got frustrating enough to the point where I wanted to leave altogether, just open up just a brewery and dedicate all my time to that. So in doing that, when I made that decision, I changed the name to Blueprint and uh, pulled in kind of the engineering side of things with our logo and also some of the uh, German background with my last name being Wagner uh, with the umlaut and the brew. And uh, so we could have some fun with that. I do like puns, and so each beer that we put out, at least each major beer, has to have brew in the name of it. And some of them, you know, uh, the Zamberni is a case in point right there where just you couldn't help but say that one. <laughs> yeah, some of them are. Uh, we we were commenting on that as we were tasting the beers. That actually the engineering thing kind of shows the can designs are very clean. Um, we really like how you have the serving glassware picture on there, along with the serving temperature and the notes. It's very well thought out and designed cans. Yeah, we want the information on there if you want it, and if you don't, just want you know what kind of beer is this, and go ahead and grab it and drink it. Yeah. You have that too. Definitely. So, it, it, if you enjoy taking a look around, you have that as well. Yeah, there's a lot of good information there, but it's not too too overwhelming. Right, right. It's not, not like trying to force it on you. So if you're interested, you'll read it. If not, you'll just say, all right, this is a, a lager, and I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's here for you. So what right, more do you want? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things. I don't think we noticed it until about the third beer that yeah, it had all of the... turned one to the side and went, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> this has been on here the whole time. <laughs> Stylistically, what are you hoping to achieve with your beers, with the brews that you do? I know you said you're trying to get back to a, you know, a, some beers you want to have more of getting back to nostalgia, but is there any other overlying theme that you're trying to accomplish with your beers? Yeah, absolutely. And you actually touched on it with the can design, so I guess it's saying that as well. Uh, being engineer background, and I think everybody that works here on the breakfast side also has an engineering background. The, when, I, when I do a tour, I'll, I'll talk about how you know you can drop off the same ingredients at different breweries in the area, and they'll all categorically might make the same beer, but they'll all be different depending on your personalities, and that's got a lot to do with the success of craft beer these days. Mm -hmm. And our kind of uh, I guess mo is to make a beer that's really clean and uh, refreshing, and so that's kind of and balanced really is kind of the equation. That's probably what we hear the most is balanced. Um, so 
about all of our beers go along that design. Um, but we do run the gamut from a pale ale that's uh, true to pale. It's got a honey malt forward uh, base to it. Um, not very hoppy. And then we also have an IPA. And we go up to a big double IPA. We also have a barrel age series. Um, and we do a sour series as well. And we go kind of cover everything in between as well. So we've got a pretty good gamut. We usually have about 14 on tap, tap room. Uh, makes it a challenge when you only have six tanks and you've got 14 beers trying to go out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one day we'll have to add some more tanks again. So. <clears throat> well, that as, as you talk about adding tanks there, one day that kind of works into one of our next questions here. Do you have any expansion plans for the brewing facility, tap rooms, or distribution that you could share with us or that you're willing to divulge any company secrets? <laughs> <laughs> We, we do have some plans, but uh, oh, I'm breaking up here now. Can't quite, uh, no, yep, yep, can't quite share that. <laughs> <laughs> we completely understand. Uh, <laughs> no, we are, we're in, well, we're getting pretty deep into this stage. We have expanded once. Um, at Tepperm had some initial limitations with the town we're in, uh, which is how we became the first uh, brewery in Apex because there were some uh, town code issues that uh, we resolve with them to get started to where we are uh, uh, at this point they've changed a couple and we've added another brewery in apex so um we can now kind of expand where we are to, for a bigger tap room and do some more things and uh just looking for more room to expand some tanks as well but you've always got to marry it up with uh, supply and demand and we try to keep that very steady pace we don't want to not be able to make enough beer and uh, we want to make sure that we can make the right amount to get out there and kind of grow very steady and controlled rather than just out of control and, oh my goodness, we're out of beer again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not a problem so, you want to have. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking to be here for a long, long time. I, you know, I wouldn't mind when I thought about jump, jumping from an engineering career to opening my own business. I thought about my kids who are currently 10 and 8, and I thought if they had an opportunity to get something passed down, would I want them to work in an engineering firm or maybe see if they want to run a brewery. And that was pretty much a no-brainer <laughs> with the brewery. <laughs> yeah. 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 Matter of fact, it, neither one of them is going to engineering school. <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I, as a uh, person who spent uh, the better part of one year in engineering school, I can understand how you don't want them to do that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I just live vicariously through roommates. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think I touched on that question a little bit. Yeah, we are looking to expand. We've uh, distribution-wise, we got the ones to Salem, down to Wilmington, uh, just all the way across ones to Salem through Raleigh, including Durham and Greensboro. Uh, we do have a distributor, excuse me, distributor out in uh, Outer Banks this year, and one down in Fayetteville, uh, Southern Pines region. Mm-hmm. So we are starting to look a little bit at that as we're in the distribution business locally. But outside of that, we maybe lose some efficiency. So we're uh, looking to grow that as we can grow production and make sure we get beer out to those areas as well. Um, so I do have a question about the Raleigh beer scene because I know a lot of people don't know that Raleigh's sort of blown up. I know I went to school there, graduated in 2010, left for three years, came back in 2013, and the beer scene had changed from Big Boss and Lone Rider to what it has what it grew into today, which includes you guys. Um, I think Aviator was around back then too, but all these other breweries have just started popping up in the greater Raleigh area. What is the beer scene like in Raleigh in terms of between the brewers? Is there a lot of good, friendly competition? Do you guys work well together, or is it really sort of cutthroat? Oh, it's definitely friendly competition. Yeah, I think it's gotten more competitive, but if we can work with each other and help each other out, we will, no doubt. Mm-hmm. The tough part is once you open up, it's hard to get to see everybody because you just don't get time. And so, when we do events every once in a while, we get to catch up a little bit and talk, and then, you know, occasionally we'll be able to get together with one along the way and maybe do a collab or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's busy, and everybody will try to help everybody out still, mm-hmm. um, even though it's a little bit more competitive. And the Raleigh market is unique, very well-educated market, um, and they're well, probably the, the, the favorite beer would be what's new to try. <laughs> <laughs> so... That keeps you on your toes there, so everybody's trying to make something new to uh, to, to keep everybody fed with that 
let's try to how far can we push this here so i guess does that mean there's space for people to do more traditional style beers uh in raleigh and claim they're new does it leave space for them yeah for yeah to do like more traditional things because everyone else is pushing the envelope uh not in raleigh or not as much in raleigh other areas you can see yeah the traditionals they're, they're gonna stick to them whereas raleigh is uh a little less plus you've got a lot of competition you, you're, you're you're talking about so many tap handles in a place and people want to try all sorts of different things mm-hmm. um yes those still are there but you know you can come out with something new um and really i guess when you see something new think about all the new beers that have come out over the past few years so now you've got to dedicate a line to those that are solid like sours or you know barrel age series so those are going to be on tap at those places well with that in mind is um there a style of beer that you want to brew or dream of brewing that you haven't yet been able to for one reason or another? Uh, not quite. I am actually kind of secretly working on one. <laughs> <laughs> there again. So I can't really expand on that, but uh, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be a challenge, and I'm going to be brewing it myself. I haven't even really told anybody here. I just told them that I'm working on something. <laughs> um, I'm hoping to brew it uh, probably in the next two weeks to see how it comes out. Oh, and it, it, it's one that's tough, very tough to do and pull off. It would be unique, and so I'm expecting it to not be very good, at least the first time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a lot of trial and error there. Usually we can we usually can nail them down pretty good right away. This one's going to be interesting, so we'll see how that goes, and I'll keep posted. Oh, well. so, so say we don't mind trying it if you need someone <laughs> yeah if you need some taste testers we're more than willing to be test subjects yeah, we know where apex is that's not a problem <laughs> yeah so, I'll, I'll let everybody know you'll know if it comes out good i'll be very upset <laughs> <laughs> well we're hoping the best for that would you have any advice to give any home brewers that are looking to make the move into more of a business aspect and t- make it take it from a hobby to a business to uh for brewing from homebrew to going uh, to owning a brewery or making a, a microbrewery or nanobrewery. Do you have any advice for those folks? Um, probably don't have enough time for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it would probably be. I've, I've had some tours where people will kind of pull me aside and, and you know talk to them a little bit uh, mm-hmm. serious about what to expect. Um, one answer I give a lot, and this will probably help, is when they cover an economics class, you, you go through widget A and widget B, mm-hmm. um, and they cover the analysis that way, and you never really identify the product. The reason they do that is because it's a business, and every business has certain things that are going to fall into place, no matter how hot your product is, no matter what you have. It takes this much to do a business plan it takes this much to develop a business it takes this much to market a business and you need to go through all of that uh pain and suffering to get there <laughs> um so it's not easy put it that way um one of the reasons i think you'll see some engineers popping up here and there is that we wore a lot of hats in our regular career mm-hmm. and so that that and and put in a lot of extra time so that bodes well to making that transfer yeah. Um, so you, you have to be built for it. I can tell you that any business, whether it's brewing or not, if you're not built for it, I wouldn't recommend it. All right. And I guess we've just got one more question for you. Um, is there anything else you'd want people to know about Brewprint? Is there anything in particular? Um, general? Yeah, maybe something that uh, <laughs> not many Particularly people... general? <laughs> yeah, particularly in general. The, uh, particularly in, yeah. I'm going to go through the specific generalities now. <laughs> that would be perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, just come down and try the beer and just know that we are all about um, traditional social interaction, mm-hmm. uh, typically via sports, um, music, and just being with family and community. We do an awful lot for the community here, uh, a whole bunch of uh, fundraisers and events, really not just to write a check, but to have people participate in it and get awareness for the community involvement. And that really, I can tell you from day one where I opened up and I was the bartender, watching couples come in and play cards with each other or play a board game, um, that really made me pretty emotional to see them do that because that's what, that's what I did it for. And they had the phone down, and they were laughing with each other, and they were interacting. And that's what we're all about. Well, I think that's kind of something we can all get behind, and that seems like a pretty 
great sense of community that you've developed at Brewprint and are promoting, and um, that's uh, that's something that I can appreciate. Yeah, you guys gotta certainly come on down, and if, uh, if I'm cruising out that way, let's stop by and say hi. <clears throat> we will. Well, we appreciate it very much. I might have to bring some samples too, though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we may we may have to bring you some <laughs> some gifts as well. Yes. <laughs> oh. Now, what were the other the other brews that you had on on the list there? We talked about the Zambruni. What uh, else have you tried? We see last night we did the Zambruni Saison de Brew, the Pale Brew Eyes, the Brew Scarlet, the Brew Diamond, the Eden Brew, and the Brunette. Very nice. The, the Edinburgh there. That's a nice. Uh, we heavy scotch ale. <laughs> we we both do love a good we heavy as we uh that was one of my yeah. favorites. <laughs> yeah. I was uh I think that we were be, uh, I was gonna say that can be a, a little bit of a dangerous one, but we have a couple others that uh, I guess in making the balanced refreshing beers that we do, the ABV sometimes doesn't taste anywhere near what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it um wow. those definitely can sneak up on you and luckily the Eden Brew was the last one of the evening, so we uh yeah, yeah. Well, we have a, a double IPA, which is double dribber, which is uh, named for a basketball season. Um, and that was actually done, named on a uh, ESPN contest where we picked the top four names and had people vote on it. Um, oh. With through uh, through the, their local radio station here. Um, so that was pretty cool. They picked it at a time. It was right around the uh, March Madness, and I think Duke had just gotten knocked out, and one of the top four was uh, Shabrewski. <laughs> <laughs> and that one, that one, I don't know if it's because uh, what people think of Duke around here, or <laughs> or yeah. what, but that, that one came in fourth at the top four. <laughs> so we went with Double Derby for that, but in uh, long story short, that is a nice double IPA that's at 10.2% and drinks usually more like a seven. Okay. That sounds we, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it, even worse, we have a uh, Belgian quad that we did this year that is 14%. Wow. And probably drinks like a seven as well. And that's called uh, Caldamentum Benedictus. So yeah. we, we definitely have some fun and then make some interesting beers that range from, you know, you talk about the Zamberni and the Pale Brew Eyes being down in the, you know, in the mid fours, four six, four seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of, of course, the 14 uh, for that for that Calben. And you got yeah, you got some gamut, so. you got some all day drinkers and then some uh, one sippers yeah. for the evening. That's right. Well, you can't drink all day if you don't start early, right? But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Take you out early. <laughs> oh goodness! You just got to be sure to eat plenty of tailgating food while you're yeah. out there drinking that, all day. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> start with bacon and with bacon. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. So of the sports four majors, we talked about the, the Zamboni, the Brew Diamond, is there a baseball? Uh, which is now year-round because uh, we, we just have to keep that going. Somebody's playing baseball somewhere all year. <laughs> and uh, the double dribble is mm-hmm. the basketball. Uh, and then the last one is one that comes out in the fall. Uh, it's called Brew 32, which is a uh, pale ale, a little bit more toasty malt, biscuity, mm-hmm. and another percentage higher than the pale brew eyes. A little bit more hoppy, but it goes real nice with tailgate food, so that's what it's designed around. We'll have to get that. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have definitely to, uh, have to try that. We'll probably have to do another yeah. tasting episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh... <laughs> I did have one more question. You said you were experimenting with the uh, with your beer, and and you don't have to. If this is you know trade secret, please let me just don't answer. But uh, uh, when you do your your experimental batches, do you still do them in your home brewing, or do you do it? Have a, do you have a facility on your uh, brewery at the brewery itself? We do it here at the brewery just because it's so much more control in place. Um, but we do do it in a um, basically in a, in a keg or that we uh, strip everything out, put an airlock on. <laughs> okay. So we we are we were talking about it today. When I say talking about it, Brad will tell me he'd love to have a three or five barrel system to play with, and I tell him well. You know, they got the checkbook, and then he walks away, and we'll talk about it another couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to wear you down, and then slowly but surely. He, he, he's good at it. He's good at it. <laughs> That's a Christmas bonus. Well, I think that pretty much covers everything we had. Uh, Eric, is there anything you want to add that you feel we may have uh, left out for you, or uh, anything else you wanted to say? Or anything you want to ask us? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think kind of covered the, uh, a good bit of it, so uh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to do in a short amount of time, so you just have to come on down and try it out and see what we're all about. Yeah, we'll have to try and catch you in there and 
have another short talk with you if you're not too busy experimenting or playing around back there. <laughs> that that would be great. Yeah, you can usually get me to pop out, especially out of the paperwork pile. That would be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say there's it's those two idiots that call, talk to you over the <laughs> yeah, phone. It's those, two, it's those two crazy guys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, we greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day to speak to us again, and uh, we enjoyed your beer thoroughly, and we hope to make it down. Next time we're in Raleigh, we're going to have to swing by through Apex just to stop out at Brewprint and have a pint. Andrew? Uh, just thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. It's my pleasure as well, and definitely come on down here and check out some of the new breweries as well. All right. Thank you, sir. You have a great night, and have fun at uh, Bingo tonight. <laughs> Well, thank you, yeah. I see how I do here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Have a great night. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. After that great interview with Eric Wagner, I think it's time that we taste a little bit of this fantastic Brewprint beer. For our first beer from Brewprint, we'll be trying Zambruni. This is a American lager or smooth lager, clocking in at 4.7% ABV and 20 IBUs. It's one of their year-round available beers. So this is not one of their older year-round. It's a relatively new year-round beer, and it's um, an American lager. If you're a fan of, um, based on the nose, it's definitely Budweiser-like. Uh, kind not, of like not uh, Bud Light, though. Definitely like no, a good cream ale or something. Like Budweiser or... Almost kind of like Coors to me. Yeah, it's fruitier than Genesee is what I was, I was hoping it would mm-hmm. smell a little bit, but the smell is a little fruitier than Genesee. Yeah, it's got slight fruit on the nose, just ever so slightly. I mean, it's a lager, so you get the yeah. malt and the yeast mm-hmm. really more than anything, but... It's actually got more flavor than I was expecting. Um, it's a little... It's definitely sweet. I would go with sweet on that one. Yeah, you get... A little bit of sweetness there, and I'm, you know what? It's definitely just, I mean, malty, a little malty, a little yeasty. It's just a sipping lager. It's it's an easy drinking lager that you would have um, at a party or something. Um, Like I said, it's more reminiscent of something like a Budweiser than really anything else um, but this is a a much higher quality oh my than yes. a Budweiser this is what it's supposed port. to taste like really um that's just the closest thing that comes to mind when you think of a lager if yeah. for people who don't drink a ton of lager yeah I, i'm just thinking back to uh what we had with unknown the other week with um oh shoot what was it? the, the feather light? light yeah the feather light how it was supposed to be a light beer and we sort of joked that it was their answer to bud light and it tasted mm-hmm. nothing like it this, however, is more like a, a traditional lager that you'd expect. Yeah, but it's very clean. It doesn't have a lingering yeah. taste on the palate for me. You could definitely drink a lot of these, and I could see them being fan favorites at, I don't know, since they're out of Apex, an NC State football game, perhaps. Yeah, go Pat. <laughs> or uh, a Carolina Hurricanes tailgate if they have fans at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we, okay, they're Caps, man, whatever. <laughs> we got a cup, finally. <laughs> Oh, well, I think anyways, that... yeah, I mean, <laughs> get, get you off your high horse over there. Okay. It's called Zambruni, which is clearly after okay, the Zamboni. I'll give you, I'll give you that. That's, <laughs> it's got, that's fair enough. The can itself even has a little, uh, ice sleeper on it. So, I mean, it's clearly a Zamboni. the word Zamboni from yeah. Zambruni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel perfectly justified bringing up the caps. <laughs> All right. Well, that was, that was good. It was a nice little easy drinking lager. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah, if I was looking for something for a hot, you know, early season tailgate, this is a good beer. Yeah, you could do that all day. All right. Let's get ready for our next beer. Our next beer is the Pale Brew Eyes. It's a pale ale that's available year-round. It's 4.6% ABV, 25 IBUs, and it is described as a crisp pale ale. Now, while we were getting this one poured, uh, Travis, you wanted to comment on the naming convention of uh, all, his, all these beers? <laughs> yeah, well, no, obviously... Um, Brewprint being the name of the brewery, and it's a big part of his identity. The word brew, as they spell it, B-R-U-E, is in the name of all the beers, which can make for some interesting combinations. And uh, I don't know. It's going to get, I guess, the more style beers he 
brews, it's going to get a little harder to name these things, I would imagine. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes we'll use brew in place of blue. In the case of this beer, it's the pale blue eyes. Um, Zambruni instead of bone. Uh, the next one we're going to be tasting is the Saison de Brew. I assume brew in that case is just beer. He's just using it like it would be a brew. But I I like the smell of this. Hmm. The pale brew eyes. It's kind of it's citrusy. It's definitely got a nice nose to it. I'm not really sure what the tones are, though. There being the busted sniffer. Mm-hmm. And that's why I taste it. Okay, that's got a very interesting uh, taste to it. I like that. It is. It's almost, it's not a, it's not citrusy. It's fruity, but it's kind of like a, it's more of like dragon fruit or yuzu. I was going to say like a starburst, like the candy. Oh, well. <laughs> like it tastes sort of like that, um, to me at least. Maybe it is dragon fruit, but it tastes to me a little bit like the um, sort of like the strawberry candies, like Starburst candy, things like that. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't taste like fake strawberry, but it t- has something, maybe some of the esters or something reminds me of that. Yeah, I can see, I could see strawberries, but maybe on the nose, strawberry, but when you taste it, it's definitely like a lighter, re- more refreshing fruit. There's not, I mean, 25 IBUs, this thing's not bitter. No, not bitter. At all. Um, but 4.6. I mean, this is also pretty low ABV. So, I mean, I'm I'm liking this a lot. This is actually very surprising for me. I like um, this. Pale ales are sometimes hit and miss, but this is, yeah. pale this ale, is pretty good stuff. Pale ales are just a nice, just sort of like IPAs. They're a very broad category. They include a ton of different beer, different, not necessarily types, but just different flavors, different ways they make. And some pale ales, quite good. This one counts as that other pale ales not good at all yeah so <laughs> yeah i like i like this that crisp is a great descriptor for it i think he's right in mm-hmm. saying that but it is is it apple no, no i mean not to me it's not it's not apple, apple. or pear i i still think strawberry is the, the biggest tone i'm getting out of it yeah like i said this kind of to me is more like yuzu fruit or dragon fruit but it does i do see how you're getting strawberry on the nose yeah Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to the Saison de Brew. Let's get into the Saison de Brew. This is a seasonal from Brewprint, not one of their year rounds. It's a Saison farmhouse with Turkish figs and local wildflower honey. It comes in at 6.5% ABV and 25 IBUs, so pretty typical alcohol content, yeah. not bitter, which is... Again, typical of farmhouses and saisons. Yeah, and right off the bat, you just smell yeast. That like that farmhouse style yeast is what I'm. Yeah, getting. that that good old farmhouse <clears throat> funk, as some people <laughs> like to call it. But I, I love farmhouses and saisons. To me, it's always that yeast, but it's it's reminiscent of sweet corn. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always kind of what hmm. gets me. I'm not picking that up, but I mean, I'm. <clears throat> I, just, I think it's just what that yeast strain yeah. smells like to me. Like when you do that, it's kind of the honey in the saison combined with the. It's a, just a little sweet. No, I'm not going to lie. The taste is good. I'm not a huge saison person. I'm trying desperately to get into saisons, but I really enjoy that. The figs come through well, but not overly figgy. You don't feel um, like you're eating a fig newton. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> eating a fig newton. I'm not just sitting down suckling some Turkish fi- Turkish figs. Um, and the honey is subdued as well, so it doesn't like overpower you. Yeah, that's not. It's not as pronounced as I would imagine it to be. I get what they um, say it maybe a little peppery on it, and mm-hmm. I do get that kind of peppery bite, which is distinctly different than a like a hoppy yeah. bitterness bite. I do like. Um, so the description on the can is. Uh, Belgian yeast come together to create a crisp champagne-like treat for the beer of the season. Uh, I can get the crispness. Yeah, and I, I think the champagne probably more falls into the bubble structure. Saisons mm-hmm. and farmhouses tend to be just a little more carbonated. You can kind of look at it in the glass and see that it's fizzing pretty good. Yeah. 
it's got that really tight closed bubble structure it, on the head. It tickles the throat, but it's quite good. I like this. It's a good, good little beer. Yeah, this is um, yeah. I think as I drink it a little more, the honey starts to come through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really subdued for what I thought it would be. But this is, I mean, I, I again, I love saisons <laughs> and farmhouses. It's a style. And this is a pretty good example of the style with nice little subtle tasting notes off of it. I like this. Yeah. All right, well, let's get ready for our next beer. Our next beer is the Bruce Scarlet Amber Ale. It is 4.8% ABV, 33 IBUs, available year-round. It's described as a sultry, balanced <laughs> amber ale. Um, it's interesting. A lot of the blueprint uh, art involves either uh, usually allusions to female characters or whatnot. The Bruce Scarlet has its own character on their website that is a woman, However, the can is this adorable little red fox. Yeah. This, um, <laughs> my first impression, this smells extremely different. Hmm. That's not... So, I was thinking it'd be more like a Highland. Highland's Gaelic or something. Yeah, this... I was expecting more just straight malt, slightly maybe some caramel, but this is a little piney. It smells fairly hoppy for a... <laughs> Red ale, 33 IBUs, though, you wouldn't imagine that it would smell that hoppy. Okay, so they're saying they use Chinook and Cascade hops, which is, from what I understand, not the normal hops you would use in an IPA. Um, you but, mean a, uh, sorry, an amber ale, definitely normal for an IPA. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, that's probably where you get that hop notes from. Yeah, uh, they kind of describe it as having flavors of citrus and pine that are balanced by toast and caramel sweetness from the munich malt so okay that's toasty the the once you start tasting tasting. it yeah the taste the back end is very uh bready and toasty at least to me yeah that doesn't holy crap that does not taste like what i thought it would at Uh all i'm actually i'm I'm digging this one i don't think i'd had this one before from blueprint i've had a few of the beers we're tasting but i don't think this one it's like this weird combination of Slightly hoppy bite at first, then it's kind of turning into citrus and pine. The toast comes through, mm-hmm. and you get kind of the sweetness, but then it's kind of leaving me with a slightly, ever so slightly bitter aftertaste. I mean, not like an IPA oh, yeah, or anything yeah. would leave you with it. Like, there's just a touch of it there at the end. Yeah, and that toast on the back end really does clean out the palate, though, real well. Um, I'm new... Uh, usually a beer that smells like this does you're expecting it just to you know, be bitter and hopped all the way down, but not this. It's really got a good clean um, feeling at the end. Yeah. This is like everything's kind of going in succession in its own note. It's not all just like fighting for space at the same time. Right. Which is good. This is one of the more different Amber ales I've ever had. It's quite, quite tasty. It's definitely unique. Um, I guess, Yet again, thinking back to the Highland Gaelic, it's everything the Highland Gaelic isn't. It's unique. It's different. It still holds true to the style, but it's um, and, but it's definitely not what you would expect if you're drinking an amber ale. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it pours like an amber. I mean, it by all intents and purposes, it looks exactly like it should. But it's good. I like. Yeah, that, that smell and taste is different, but that is actually a fairly nice surprise. All right, guess moving on to our next beer one. Next up, we got the Brew Diamond, which is an IPA. It's available year-round. It is 6.1% alcohol, coming at 70 IBUs. So this is going to be a lot more bitter than anything we've had so far from Brewpoint. It's uh, described as having caramel malt with magnum, cascade, and citra hops, showcasing a citrus Ford IPA. I'll tell you right now, it's got the citrus. Um, there's, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're definitely they're describing this as melon, grapefruit, and pine as well. And I get a I get the grapefruit. That's not a question. Yeah, the grapefruit is the first thing that's kind of hitting me in the nose. I enjoy that. I love good grapefruit. It smells like a like a ruby red grapefruit right after you cut it, fresh cut grapefruit. Oh, I don't like grapefruit, but well, I like that's... it in my beer. <laughs> I don't like the actual fruit, but I do like it as a flavor in my beer. I would take an IPA soaked grapefruit. That would be fantastic. That taste is uh, 
really the grapefruit kind of mm. the citrus goes away really quick and it kind of turns into that really strong pine. Mm. See, for me, the grapefruit's lingering. It's just hanging around on the palate. Maybe it's because I want it to. Mm. I really want it to hang around for the evening. Um, <laughs> you're you're looking for it on purpose. Um, yeah, I am. Um, they're saying it's got a nice light caramel malt balance to balance that uh, those hops. It's the malt is light. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah, it's light, but it is for seventy IBUs. I'm expecting it to actually be a little more bitter than it is. More like the pernicious. Yeah, not quite that. Not that bitter. bitter. Yeah, not that bitter. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't as bitter as I thought it would. I think he's kind of put just the right amount mm-hmm. of malt in that to balance it back out. Yeah. It's not an IPA that would scare you away if you'd never had IPAs before. Yeah, this would be a fairly good introductory IPA. I like the can art on this one has a little baseball diamond. Yeah. I guess uh, and I do I think I noticed um going in with the stuff that goes on at the brewery, they do have a night where they raffle away Durham Bulls tickets. Huh. So maybe that has something to do with it. And another <laughs> interesting note <clears throat> as far as the cans here, while we're looking at them, he has done an excellent job of having both the a picture of the serving glass and the serving temperature on all of the cans so far yeah. um, for how these beers should be served. Now, we didn't take a thermometer to each of these beers, uh, but this uh, the Brew Diamond is actually a, a warm, supposed to be a warm IPA at 55 degrees. Yeah. Um, so and that's, that's Fahrenheit, not Celsius for our British listeners. Yeah, if you mean any listener outside of the United States. Oh, that that too. If we have any Canadian <laughs> listeners, we'll yeah. be doing Molson shortly. <laughs> no, we will not. Oh, Molson Gold is passable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stay on topic here, sorry. But yeah, this is good. It's a it's a unique IPA. I think it uh, speaks well to Apex. You know, this is the first brewery in Apex. So it's good that they have something unique that they can call their own. Yeah, this... This kind of like the uh, Brew Scarlet from before is actually kind of surprising to me. I'm I'm getting more and more pleasantly surprised with Brewprint <laughs> as we keep trying these beers. So yeah. pretty good. Having not had it before, this is <clears throat> for you. Yeah. I, like I said, I've had a few of these, but not this one. But yeah. This is good. All right, let's get ahead and go on to our next beer. Our next beer is the Brunette. B-R-U-E Net. Uh, it's a brown ale. It's 5.2% ABV, 24 IBUs, available year-round. And they claim that it has warm chocolate overtones. All I can say for certain right now is it has uh, an excellent fluffy head, Travis. <laughs> yeah. So- <laughs> I, I, I Honestly, I thought Andrew had uh, done a bad pour here and then <laughs> was qu- quickly corrected by saying he would not pour two bad pours in a row. The head on this is extremely tall. Um, yeah. And it is, it's very like it's pillowy, got, cloudy looking. It's very light. It's, yeah, it's very, it's got good structure. Yeah, it's holding up very well, but it is just extremely fluffy. And you can drink up underneath it. Um, I definitely get some of that roast in there. Um, I don't know if chocolate, they're saying on the can it's caramel, chocolate, and floral. I'm getting none of that. I get, I get where they're coming from with the, caramel slightly it's i mean brown ale is going to be more toasted mm-hmm. and roasty malts uh the chocolate mm, um, maybe a little bit of the bitterness on the back end perhaps it's kind of so when you think chocolate don't think I'm not, like milk chocolate like a stout it's more of i'm trying to think like a dark chocolate and yeah I, it's I'm, more of like a bitter dark chocolate yeah. to me like a maybe um a good oh you know what it, it's kind of like a uh, baker's chocolate okay yeah so like so without sugar another brewery here in town natty greens has uh old town brown and that's mm-hmm. made with baker's, baker's chocolate, chocolate. Okay. and that's kind of what it's reminding oh, me of yeah that's that is what that reminds me of it's a it's a good color for a brown ale it's pretty dark of course that head is not letting a lot of light through <laughs> yeah i mean uh, it for a brown ale yeah it is a decent color it 24 ibus is not a bitter thing so like what little bit of bitterness you get there yeah i think can it be attributed from, to the chocolate yeah, it comes from the chocolate not from the hops on this one but, yeah the floral i'm missing out on it but that might just be 
my palate's not refined enough for that <laughs> to pick it up after <laughs> well, if uh, four or five minutes. If yours isn't, I'm certain mine's not. Uh, but yeah, it's all in all, it's not a bad brown ale. It's nothing really to nothing crazy. Um, it's a nice little, little nuttiness to it, but not, a, it's not a nut brown. I mean, I could, I think more a colder day when we're recording this again, it's like a 95 degree day here in North Carolina. So this would be a good, uh, cold day beer. I, I could do. easily yeah. sitting around a campfire or something. I could drink six or so of these. <laughs> yeah actually this would be a good campfire beer yeah okay <laughs> well we got one more to taste today our last beer for the evening will be edinburgh which is their scotch ale it's a year-round availability comes in at 8.2 abv which is i think fairly typical of scotch ales they're a little higher alcohol well, it's a wee heavy <laughs> it's a wee heavy yes 19 IBUs, so not bitter at all. Um, like Andrew just said, it's a Scotch Wee Heavy Ale. It's described as a punchy Scotch ale with a sweet malty flavor. They describe it as having characteristics of smoke, malt, and oak. So I've had this before. This is one of my go-to Scotch ales. Um, like I think I mentioned at the top, um, when I've had to do beer tastings for friends and family, this is always one I would just grab um, just to try it because some people have never had a scotch ale before it's usually a very unique flavoring um, they're usually pretty strong um, both in the flavors and in the alcohol so always love a good wee heavy yeah i i i, I, I can't take you seriously to say it like that but i do there are two e's sir <laughs> i do love a good scotch ale or a wee heavy as well um for me the nose is it's a little light, a little fruity. Uh, yeah, a little light. It's. I do get just a touch of the smoke, maybe a little oak. I mean, a scotch ale obviously is going to be extremely sweet, caramely, like malt. Yeah. And as I'm tasting it, yeah, it's definitely sweet, uh, but that's typical of the style. Yeah, it's, it's sweet. Uh, it's not like some of the others I've had that are uh, real strong in their, um, I guess, the scotchy, more of the scotch flavor. I guess more smoke, more malt to it. Um, those are mm -hmm. real palate wreckers. I think, I always think of like Heavy Seas, they have a pretty good scotch ale that's uh, yeah. pretty pretty strong. I, I don't know. My go-to scotch ale is always, um, I think, of Founders, Dirty Bastard uh -huh. or Backwoods Bastard. Yeah, the Bastard series. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But this is... Oh, I think that... Oh, uh, crap. Well, I guess we're explicit this episode, so... <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, it's the name of the beer, so what yeah. are you going to say? Fair enough. <laughs> it's... Uh, I do get some of that smokiness. It kind of lingers around on the back. It's a nice, subtle yeah. note, but it's not overpowering. Yeah. It's not like if you imagine a smoked porter where it's mm -hmm. just... Where you're drinking a campfire? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and this is... <laughs> Back on the campfire a bit from the last beer. Yeah. Uh, they describe it as being characterized by caramel biscuit, chocolate, and smoked malts on top of a rich Morris otter base. So apparently there's otters in the beer. Well, the Maris otter, as we all know, is one of the most endangered species of otter. <laughs> so it's very impressive that they were able to get some for this beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've probably had too much beer at this point if we're making those kind of jokes, but... Okay, seven no. is probably too many for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think it's just right. At least that's how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> the I don't get the chocolate, per se. I can see it. It honestly reminds me more of like a marshmallow, less of a chocolate. So more like a, mm -hmm. maybe not quite s'more level, but more like a like one of those Russell Stover chocolate marshmallow things. Oh, yeah. You get just a tiny bit of chocolate there, a little bitterness, mm -hmm. but... I'm getting, as I drink more and more, it's more like a toast and a marshmallow. Yeah, it's kind of that that typical toasted malt, mm -hmm. caramelizes, becomes sweet. I get some of the biscuit. I'm going to have to research and find out what this otter base is, unless you happen to know off the top of your head. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a malt, uh, but otherwise I got nothing. Yeah. I, I, I've never seen that before. All right, well... So I guess that takes us to the end of our beers for this episode. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on the beers themselves that we've tried? I know neither one of us. Oh, we have a 
crisp Morris Otter. Morris Otter is a two-row autumn-sown variety of barley commonly used in the production of malt for the brewing industry. Oh, thank God. So no actual otters were harmed in the making of this process. Well, we were just assuming. <laughs> we're assuming that they didn't. <laughs> we're assuming it wasn't an otter named Morris. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, so as I said, we're done with the tasting of this, and we should be done with the tasting of yeah, at this, this point, I think we really need to be done with the tasting. <laughs> so final thoughts on the beers. We both have, you have more experience with Brewprint than I do, but. Uh, not as much, not too much. It's not like um, Wicked Weed or some of the other breweries we've highlighted where we have been drinking them for years, like Foothills, we've been drinking it for years. Um, but Brewprint's a new brewery. They've only been around for five years. They're one of the breweries that I graduated from NC State in 2010 and came back to Raleigh in 2013 and in that three-year period, breweries just exploded. And they're continuing to explode in that area to this day. And this is one of those that just showed up. Over, yeah. More or less overnight, it felt like to me. Um, but I think on the beers, they were good. Everything was solid. Um, I probably wouldn't drink the Zamboni unless I'm going to a game to watch a Zamboni. Um, which yeah. is really the only entertainment you get at a Hurricanes game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, with the, again with the hockey. <laughs> But I was wildly surprised at the Brew Scarlet in a good way. Um, I was also, of course, I'm pleased with the Edinburgh. It's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, if I had to pick, though, the Brew Scarlet and the Pale Brew Eyes were definitely my um, my shockers and my my favorite. Yeah, that's um the Pale Brew Eyes, the Scarlet, and honestly, the Saison uh, the was good for me. That's just, I love the style. but. Yeah. The Brew Diamond was surprisingly different. The IPA mm-hmm. is different. So I think overall, I've been very pleasantly surprised by this beer. Uh, like you said, the Zambruni is maybe not an everyday drinker for me. And some of these things are more suited for the colder weather. But it's nice that they're available year round. I've, yeah. I've thoroughly enjoyed learning about this brewery yeah. and trying their beer. So I'm excited. I'm excited to have done this one. Yeah. And I still recommend the, uh, the Eden brew pumpkin ale. I think it's fun. It's a, a nice twist on a pumpkin. Yeah. If, if you like pumpkin ales, if you like pumpkin ales, which we will probably do a pumpkin ale episode at some point later down the road. It gets into the fall. <laughs> you mean next fall? <laughs> nah, eh, this fall. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to get out of the way, but yeah, I'd say on the beers, uh, brew print more than, uh, held its own. Yeah. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. We just want to take a minute to thank Eric Wagner again for being able to join us and giving us the time for that interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, he really good guy, a lot of good information in that interview and good beer. So if you're ever in Raleigh, uh, we would definitely suggest stopping by. Apex is, what, 10 minutes outside of Raleigh, if that. If that, yeah. <laughs> Depends on where you are in Raleigh. It could be five, it could be an hour. <laughs> True, if you're on the wrong side of Raleigh <laughs> trying to drive through but yeah, definitely swing down to Apex, go to Brewprint, tell Eric we sent him, sent you, or don't. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> he may not want to talk to us ever again. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was a good episode. Yeah, it was a really good episode, so we encourage you guys to give Brewprint a try. Thank you for listening to this week's Brew News. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating in whichever app you found us on. We value your feedback, and it also helps the show reach more viewers. If you have any thoughts or suggestions for future breweries, or are with a brewery and would like to join us, feel free to tweet at or follow us on Twitter, at brew underscore news. On Untapped, Travis is Mather Nuts, and Andrew is Tuba Steve. We're on Instagram, at brewnewspod, and you can visit our website, brewnewspod.com, where we will post our tasting and episode notes. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week to look at another exciting brewery. Cheers! Cheers.